Come on, Go Church family. How you feel today? You feel good? Come on, make some noise if you love Jesus. Come on, let's do that together. Happy Sunday, everybody. And also, check this out. Happy Valentine's. Come on now. How many of you, you got a Valentine with you? Come on. Raise your hand if you're in a relationship, maybe been dating for a while, you're engaged, you're married. Come on. We're all the married folk. I'd be proud of that. That's what I'm talking about. How about all the single and searching? Come on, just go ahead. Keep your hand up. Look around the room. You might find a match. There we go. Come on. Happy Valentine's to all of you. And happy Valentine to my bride, Kimberly. Come on, don't you love the first lady of the house? Love you so much. Happy Valentine's to you. Happy Valentine to my mother-in-law. My mom is watching online today. You're the first woman I ever loved. Come on. I'm 40 years old, still a mama's boy, and I love you, mamas. So I hope everybody's having a great Valentine. You're here on Vision Sunday. It's a good day to be here. We got a lot of things that we're going to talk through. Before we do that, I want to welcome everybody at our Germantown, Maryland campus. Most of you know we have multiple locations. Of course, those of you here at our South Metro Atlanta location, Germantown, we welcome you. And then everybody watching online today. So if you're in this room, can you put your hands together and make some noise for your Germantown family? Come on, your online campus family. Bless all of you. And then we have this weekly tradition where we always pause before we jump into the message of the word and we give honor to the incredibly brave military men and women all of the courageous first responders, the frontline workers, the essential workers, just those that continue to serve and to sacrifice, to put their life uh, in front of ours, to just serve us and protect us. So I think it's just a small token of appreciation to put our hands together and bless all of those individuals. So come on, can we do that now? Come on, real loud. Come on, a little bit louder. Let them know you appreciate them, you love them. All right. Uh, two times a year, we pause on a Sunday to talk vision. We talk vision about the ministry of Go Church, and then we also talk vision about your life and, and your family and your calling and your business and your purpose. And uh, Vision Sunday, both times that we do it, are my two favorite Sundays of the year because it's an opportunity uh, for me to brag on you, our Go Church family. You might hear me say this uh, a few times throughout the conversation today, but 2020 was a wild year. Come on now. And, uh, and when I look back now in hindsight, and some of you, you've said this or you've thought this for the first time ever, hindsight really is 2020. So now in hindsight of 2020, I can see that even in the middle of great trial and struggle and difficulty and pain, and you know, those different descriptive words could be defined uh, by each family differently, but God was faithful. And at this campus, we just sang about that, that all my life, God, you really have been faithful and I can't think of a time in my life that that has been more true than walking through the year that 2020 has been. You don't need a reminder. You don't need a recap. You lived it. You're part of history because of it. But it was full of great challenge and trial from the global pandemic of COVID-19 to the most polarizing presidential election that we've ever witnessed to the tensions of the ongoing challenges of racism and the various responsibilities that you and I have to get better, to do better, to be better. 2020 was tough, full of great loss, full of great pain, but there were also moments, moments that the enemy would love for you to miss because of the chaos of this world where now we can see clearly that God is always working for our good. Can I get an amen? amen. See, God is always sovereign. He's always faithful. The Bible talks about how God's ways are not like our ways and his thoughts are not like our thoughts. Now, I'm not standing up here by any means saying that God is the one that gave us the coronavirus or caused the challenges or the problems. We know that sickness and pain and all of the struggles that we face come from sin. But I do believe this in my heart, and this may challenge some of your theology, that God can take everything that the enemy meant for evil and he can turn it and he can get good. God's always working. Can I get an amen? And so this Vision Sunday, for me, is a little bit more emotional because of the challenges that we experience together as a family. Who would have thought that the local church would have had to shut her doors physically in some parts of the country still not able to meet in person for worship? But in our context, uh, for a number of months and at our Germantown campus for much longer, we weren't able to meet in person, yet God still moved in supernatural ways. 
And while the doors of the buildings may not have been open for a period of time in 2020, the church was never closed. Come on, can I get an amen? Oh, come on, if we're gonna clap, let's do it, come on. Which by the way, on Vision Sunday, you're gonna clap a lot. So, uh, you know, get some lotion out so your hands don't get sore and chapped, but there's a lot to be thankful for. Now, vision is not complicated. Vision is very simple. And here's a working definition of the idea of vision and Vision Sunday, but vision is this. It's the ability to see clearly. Uh, this is an obvious statement, but for those of you that are like myself, you wear glasses. Come on, show some love to all the four-eyed folks. Where are you at? Come on now. Um, because of my prescription, I, ha I now have a better vision. These glasses allow me the opportunity or the ability to see clearly. The Bible talks about that. In the King James Version of Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18, your Bible says that without vision, the people perish. The message translation says it like this, that if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Hello, 2020, come on now. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are, let's say these two words, most blessed on the count of three. One, two, three, most blessed. Now, if you're visiting with us today, this is actually the perfect day to be a part of a Go Church gathering because you get to hear a lot about the, the, the vision and the mission and the wins and the future and all of that. Plus, you get to hear a little bit about a vision for your life. For those of you that have been here for a while, you know that Go Church has a very clear vision. Uh, when you come into any of our campuses, you pull in the property, you see the, the branding and all of that, you hear it at the end of every single gathering that we do that Go Church exists, here it is, the vision, to love anyone from anywhere into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the vision of the house. And it's more than just a slogan or a saying. Now, we've even shortened the phrase so that we can brand it on a coffee mug or a bumper sticker or a t-shirt or you know a ball cap to simply say, at Go Church, we love people to life. It's not a perfect church. There's areas that we're working to improve. But one thing we do really, really well at Go Church is we love people. We love people because God loves people and we choose to see people through the lens of the Lord, that God created every person. Uh, he created them in his image and he gave you unique gifts, talents, and abilities. And you are, and I hope that this is already an encouragement, but you are special to God. And because you're special to God, you're special to us. So at Go Church, we just love people. Red, yellow, black, white. Come on, can I get an amen? We just love people, Republican, Democrat, independent, you name it. We love people. If you're married or single, it doesn't matter. If you're rich or struggling financially, it doesn't matter. If you've got more degrees than a thermometer or you've never graduated high school. Come on, we just love people. It's who we are. It's what we do. And, and we look at this vision and then we say, well, now how do we accomplish that? And so we have this three-tier model of ministry here at Go Church. Uh, these aren't necessarily steps one, two, and three. This is more of like a cyclical process of what we believe scripture is calling you to do and to fulfill in your life. We see the importance of gathering together. Scripture says this, where two or three gather together in his name, he promises to show up. We find great value in community and relationship and corporate prayer and corporate worship. I don't know what your conviction is, but here's my conviction. If 2020 proved anything, it proved that God's church, his bride is essential. Come on now. And that we should not forsake the assembling of the saints, that there is power in community. And while we love our online campus and we love the internet and social media, the internet cannot replace intimacy. You and I were not created to live life alone. As a matter of fact, in Genesis, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. So we see the importance of gathering together, but Go Church is more than just coming together on a Sunday for attendance and to count people and to have church. No, we see that the next part of the responsibility is to develop you, uh, to disciple you, to see you grow in your purpose. You hear me say this all the time in different settings and sermons and conversations. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. And so we wanna help you grow in that purpose. We'll talk a little bit more about that in detail as Vision Sunday continues. And then we see the responsibility to go. 
1,492 times in your Bible, you will find the word go. Go. It's a part of the Great Commission, some of the last words that Jesus ever spoke while he was on this earth before he ascended to heaven. It's where we get our name. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go make a difference kind of looks like this. It's uh, serving on a go team, our volunteers, using your gifts and talents to push forward the local church. It's serving your community and getting involved in the needs outside of these four walls. It's whenever the pandemic continues to, to ease up in its severity, we can get back to doing like actual missions trips where you get on a plane and you go to a different country and, and you love on people. But until then, you can just simply go across your street and love on your neighbor. Come on, can I get an amen there? You know, go is giving, it's sowing and your financial commitment and uh, it's the legacy offering, which we'll talk a little bit more. And we see this, this is how we love people to life. We encourage them to gather, to grow and to go. I feel like this is a good uh, place to pause and to practice putting our hands together. Come on, let's do that right here. Isn't that good? So I'm gonna unpack a little bit of all of this. Now, before we dive too deep, here's what I need you to do. I need you to take out your cell phone, Flip it on airplane mode so you don't get distracted or ADD, but I want you to have your calendar. Or if you're taking notes, I want you to make sure that you jot down a few save the dates, okay? I always like to do this on Vision Sunday because there's a number of things that are happening that I really want you to be a part of. I'm gonna fly through these. All of this information will be available on the website as we get closer to the uh, different events and dates, but don't miss some of these important things at Go Church. If you've never completed Move Track, ladies and gentlemen, this is your next step. Move Track is a great opportunity for you to learn more about the purpose of this church and also about the purpose of your life. Move Track happens the last Sunday of every single month here at Go Church. So if you're looking or wondering like what's next or what do I do you know, after here today, if you've been checking us out for a few weeks or today's your very first Sunday, I'm telling you the best next step you can take is Move Track. Happens again the last Sunday of every month and it's a great opportunity for you to learn more about us and for you to learn more about you. More information on the website. Now we're kicking off small groups. I'm gonna share wins of all of these events, by the way, here in just a moment, but small groups here at Go Church kick off uh, the first week of March, March the 7th. If you go online or you go to the app, you'll see all of the different groups that are being offered at our Germantown campus, our South Metro Atlanta campus, and even some groups that are happening uh, virtually and online. So depending on your social distance conviction and maybe your schedule, there are dozens and dozens of groups that are happening in this spring semester for you to get a part of. You're gonna hear me say this often, and I want you to know this, so make sure you take note of it in your heart and on that journal or note section in your phone that you're taking notes with. You can't do life alone. God doesn't want you to do life alone. And so the opportunity for small groups, and there are a variety of small groups. If you're looking on how to strengthen your marriage, there's a small group. If you're looking on how to discipline your finances better, there's a small group. If you wanna get schooled in some basketball, there's a small group, come on. So there's a small group for just about every uh, desire or focus, or if you wanna study scripture, or if you wanna just make better friendships and relationships, small groups, small groups. Again, check it out on the website, the app, see all of the groups, and make sure that you sign up for a group that fits your schedule and the desire of your heart. Now, next Sunday, we're gonna kick off a new series. It's a five-week series, and the name of this series is this, Spiritus Sanctus. Now that's Latin for Holy Spirit. We're gonna spend, watch this, five weeks talking about the person, the power, the baptism, the gifts, and the fruits of Spiritus Sanctus. Five weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. This is a church that believes in the power, the person, the baptism, the gifts, and the fruits of the Spirit. And I think that for so many believers, this is a, a great opportunity to learn more about those five characteristics and components. There is bad packaging that has surrounded the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. The enemy has created the packaging, the wrapping of the Holy Spirit in such a way that many Christians are turned off by learning more. And I want, I want, to, I want to reveal who really is the person of the Holy Spirit and the power that you and I possess when we tap into the intimacy with, with the Holy Spirit. So beginning next Sunday, we're gonna journey for five weeks. Anybody excited about this? This is gonna be one of the best series 
that we do all year. We're going to start it next Sunday, so make sure that you make notes of that. And then as we continue to look at 2020, come on, Easter at Go Church. Last year, it was online only. Who would have thunk it? This year, God willing, we'll be back in person now for our Germantown campus. We're still working diligently on plans for your Easter gathering. So your campus pastor and your team will continue to give you more information. For those of you in this room, our South Metro Atlanta campus, I want to make sure that you know about some of our Easter gathering times on that special day. Our 9 and 1045 a.m. gatherings are going to continue to be as such. We are already working on overflow rooms throughout this facility so that we can anticipate a much larger crowd on Easter weekend. And this way we can maximize spacing and make sure that you stay comfortable, you know, with social distancing to the best of our ability. So we're going to add more seats in this auditorium. We've got multiple overflow rooms that we're adding. Plus, we're going to do something a little different this year. We're adding a, listen to me, a traditional Easter sunrise gathering that will be outside. So it's 7.15 a.m. on Easter Sunday morning. We're doing a traditional Easter sunrise gathering with some traditional hymns, communion, and a message from my pastor, my father-in-law, the bishop, Alan Matura. Come on now. So, which by the way, did you enjoy that message last Sunday? Come on. Uh, many of you know, and I do want to thank you for the prayers as my family we spent the last over two weeks now in quarantine, and so my father-in-law, uh, he jumped in to preach, and then, well, then he jumped off to preach. And so um, I do owe you an invoice for stepping on the church furniture, but what a blessing that is. And so uh, he's going to be taking that traditional Easter sunrise gathering at 715 on Easter, and so you've got multiple opportunities. Again, Germantown, we're working out all of the details there. All right, ladies, where are you at, ladies? Come on, ladies, make some noise. How about this? You, you've got your, you go girl. Come on, you go girl conference is happening on April 30th. That's a Friday into Saturday, May 1st. And so last year was the first ever, I love, you got to snap when you say it because it's like attitude, you go girl, right? So it's the first ever you go girl conference was last year. Unbelievable success. Space is going to be limited this year because of social distancing and all of that. But why don't you do this? If you, if you were a part of You Go Girl last year, did you love it? Come on, ladies. Did you love that? If you've not been a part of You Go Girl before, and this is for the ladies, but can we kill the lights real quick? Let me show you just a little teaser about You Go Girl so you make sure when registration opens, you don't miss it. ladies are you pumped come on now so april 30th may 1st registration is going to open in just a couple of weeks don't miss it now i know what you fellas are thinking you're thinking the same thing i thought last year hey what about us come on you go boy come on like where's that at give me the, give me some of that well that didn't have such a ring to it so what we are doing we're calling it man up weekend come on fellas and uh, fellas it's going to be a great weekend where we come together it's going to be a weekend of food, community, some athletics, a time of just making new friendships with all of the men of the church. This event, again, is going to be uh, for both of our campuses. So, guys, your event is happening on June 11th and June 12th. We don't get a cool teaser bumper video, though. Come on. We just get, like, steak and hamburgers. Come on. So I want all the guys of the church to join us on this weekend. So, again, we're giving you a lot of dates for you to hold on to. Are you glad to be a part of a church that's making an investment into you and your family, your marriage? Come on, ladies and fellas. So... All right, that's some of the big events, and I want to make sure you don't miss that. Now, let's look back at 2020 for just a moment, and I want to do something. This may get a little redundant and possibly a little borderline uh, cheesy, but I'm the king of dad jokes anyway, so I can, I can embrace this. I'm going to give you about five, six, seven, eight wins here, and as I'm sharing these wins with you, I want you to remember these words, even in a pandemic even in a pandemic. So you're going to see a number of bullet points. Once I read that bullet point, I want us together to say even in a pandemic. Does that make sense? Let's try it together on three. One, two, three, even in a pandemic. 2020, we saw 202 people make a commitment to place Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Ready? One, two, three, even in a pandemic. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. 
Come on, all of heaven is rejoicing. Come on, let's do it. 125 people completed move track, new people, and now call Go Church their home church. You ready? One, two, three, even in a pandemic. We dedicated 17 children to the Lord. When? Even in a pandemic. We baptized 47 people in water. When? Even in a pandemic. As a matter of fact, today we're doing a private water baptism for an individual that wants to go public with their faith. Isn't that awesome? Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Come on. 2020, even in a pandemic, 1,731 people participated in a group. When? Even in a pandemic. We did 67 local outreach service projects, even in a pandemic. And we had 553 people serve in every single one of those outreaches. Come on, even in a pandemic. And then this one, of all the stats, of course, what we do is all about loving people. We want to see people accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Because of what 2020 did and the shift and the innovation and the creativity of our team, uh, again, for a number of months, we went strictly online. And when the team shared this with me, it just blew me away. And I want to give a huge shout out to the staff of Go Church. You continue to be innovative and creative and shift with changes in culture. But watch this. In 2020, 100,000 plus devices tuned into a Go Church gathering. When? Even in a pandemic. Come on and give Jesus some thanks. There's uh, multiple stories that we received all year long. This one came to us in recent weeks, and I think it highlights even more about leveraging technology and expanding the scope of Go Church beyond just four walls. I want you to hear this one testimony of one of our very own Go Church family members, August Gentry. Check this out. I'm Tammy Schumann, and I am the mother of August Gentry. Uh, he hit some rough times and ended up in rehab. And uh, while he was in there, he called me one day and he said, Mom, he said, you're not gonna believe it. The church is doing this series and the crux of it is just, you know, the choices we make and the consequences or the benefits from the choices we make. And he was able to um, gather the people in the rehab together and live stream the services through that series, through that four-part series. And it just so happened to be in the time that he was in the rehab for the four-part series. And after each Sunday, he would have people that, you know, had been Christians and, and knew about the Lord and just said that they felt like the Lord was speaking directly to them. It ministered to many people outside of this area. And it met them where they were, and it truly spoke to their hearts. You know, the start here, go anywhere, it was about making bad decisions and recovering from wrong ones. I mean, when you talk about guys in rehab, I mean, I feel like they thought I was punking them. I thought he was, I thought he was preaching to me. I thought he knew I was in there, that God told him. I mean, it was, he was preaching to all of us. I mean, people were in there like, what is happening? To be there and to see, you know, people that were agnostic and, and away from it go, all right, maybe, maybe I, Maybe I will give church a chance. You know, I had multiple guys say that. We had multiple people tell us that we were the best group that they'd ever seen come through that place. Go Church had a part in that. Go Church now is just back in our lives and that the video stream is what helped us get back here. I, I, can't, I can't express enough the um, impact it had on, on all of them, including myself. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Come on, that's so good. So everybody online, to those of you that might be watching even from prison, to those of you military men and women that you're huddled around a computer each weekend watching the gatherings of Go Church, to those of you that are in rehab, we love you. We believe in you. We're praying for you, and we trust that your best days are ahead. Come on, one more time. Let's give Jesus some praise and bless all of those. All right, now a couple more things, and then I'm going to share some vision for your life. You remember in our last Vision Sunday, so the fall of 2020, I talked about our partnership with RIP Medical Debt. And so we partnered with RIP Medical Debt, and because of your generosity and your faithfulness, we were able to abolish total debt amount of one, I'm sorry, 
$81,068.09. Okay, so because of your giving, we were able to wipe away medical debt. The 100% the of this medical debt had already been turned over to collections. And so this nonprofit RIP medical debt, they worked to negotiate it and uh, erase the debt. So you gave to the legacy offering in different ways. And then $2,081,000 worth of medical debt is now forever gone. Come on, isn't that awesome? And so I just think it's so great. So we've gotten a few stories along the way from this, and I want to introduce you to two different individuals here. Uh, on the, on the, the left is Kyra and, and her son, and then on the right is Gregory. Now, these are two different stories. They're, they're not related, or they probably don't know each other, but Kyra sent this email in, and I thought I'd read it to you just to, to brag on you a little bit. My name is Kyra. I received a letter stating that Go Church paid off my medical bills. Ooh, I got emotional. <clears throat> First and foremost, thank you. I've been through so much with my health uh, these past few months, and now I'm a post-transplant survivor. I will be one year post-kidney and pancreas surgery. This journey has been incredibly hard for me, and there were times when I just wanted to give up on life. Thank you. You all truly have a spot in my heart forever. Come on, isn't that awesome? Gregory sent a note and he said, I just want to say thank you so much for eliminating my medical debt. I can't say thank you enough. No one has ever done anything like this for me before. It's a blessing that your church has eliminated my debt. It's just so great to see that there are still good people out there restoring faith in our broken humanity. Come on, one more time. Would you bless them? I love it. So how do we do that? All the different things that we're talking about, how do we do that? Well, you're faithful in your giving. And uh, that's weekly tithes and offerings, but we also do this legacy offering. It's the only special offering that we do. One time a year in the month of December, we take up an offering. 2019 was the first time we ever did the offering. And then last year, 2020, uh, we came back with, uh, you know, with a sequel of it. Uh, we promised you this about the legacy offering, that 100% of the money that came in, that would be given away to five different ministry lanes or what we call legacy lanes, next generation, local outreach, national missions, world missions, and special projects. So whatever money comes in of the legacy offering, we give 100% of that away. Not one penny, nickel, dime, dollar, $100 goes towards operations or administration or anything like that. We give it into those five different legacy lanes. That's a tremendous thing, isn't it? I mean, and this isn't a criticism of other nonprofits, but there's always seems to be a part of the money that's collected that goes towards the responsibilities of that particular nonprofit. But with the legacy offering, we said, no, we're going to give it all away. So in 2020, just a couple months ago, even in a pandemic, you all gave exceedingly abundantly. And the total amount of money that was collected in the 2020 legacy offering, you ready for this? $188,807.21. Come on, church. Come on, five seconds here. Give Jesus some thanks. Come on. Love it. That's a ton of money. So in 2021, we have uh, 50 partners uh, that we're working with, 50 nonprofits in each of those five different legacy lanes. Um, today is February the 14th. We have already given, because I want you to have accountability here, and same as me, we've already given 125,200 of these dollars are given away. All of the money is earmarked to those different five lanes and nonprofits, but we've already written checks and given 125 grand away. Isn't that tremendous? And so some of our legacy partners who have already received the funds in the first quarter of 2021, they just wanted to say thank you. So let's take 15 seconds and uh, just check out some of these legacy partners because of your generosity and your faithfulness. Here we go. Thank you, Go Church. 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 Thanks again, Go Church. Thank you, Go Church. Thank you so much. God bless you. Come on, let's give G, man. I've told you we're going to clap a lot today. Isn't that awesome? Even in a pandemic. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you are incredibly faithful. 
The greatest honor is to pastor such a loving, kind, praying, generous church. Thank you that even in a pandemic, God, you've been moving and blessing and working. I thank you that you do work all things together for good. And I just speak this in the name of Jesus, that our best days are ahead, not just as a church, but I speak that prophetically over every person under the sound of my voice. This next chapter will be the best chapter yet in the name of Jesus. If you receive that prayer, can you say amen to that? Let me talk about vision for your life and mine. In November of 2020, and I try to do this almost every year, the fall of every year, I hit my knees in a time of prayer and fasting and said, God, what is the word for the new year? And in my heart, I prayed, I don't ever want to hear pandemic, quarantine, crisis, etc. Don't let that be the word for 2021. I said, Lord, what is the word for this new year. Many of you in your own family or in your own life, you try to have a theme for the new year, right? So I was like, God, what, what is the word that I'm supposed to steward my family by, lead our church by? I want there to be vision as I go into a new year and, and my personal prayer time. And, and I, I'm gonna speak this prophetically over you, over your relationships, over your family, over your home, over your businesses, over your finances and all of that, I heard the Lord speak to my heart about this word for 2021. If you got your Bibles, I wanna show it to you. It's in Genesis chapter number 26. So it's the very first book of the Bible, about 26 verses in. And there's a ton of context here and I really only have about 15 minutes left. So I'm gonna shave off a good majority of the context, but I'll tell you, that you could pick up the reading in Genesis chapter 25, but we're gonna look at Genesis 26 for a moment. It's about a man named Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham and Sarah. At 40 years old, Isaac gets married to a woman named Rebekah. Uh, they're unable to have children, but God blesses them, opens her womb, and she gives birth to two twin boys, Esau and Jacob. Through a series, and this is the context and the backstory, a famine comes into the land, and over time, over years, Isaac now relocates from his hometown to the place of Gerar. Look at verse number 12 in Genesis 26. When Isaac planted his crops that year, listen to me, even in a pandemic, during a famine, even when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted because the Lord had blessed him. He became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so much flock and sheep and goats and herds and cattle and servants that the Philistines became what? On the count of three, let's say this word together. One, two, three, jealous. If you're highlighting in your scripture or in your Bible, version app, highlight that word jealous. They became jealous of his favor, his blessings, his prosperity. Watch what happens, verse 15. So the enemy, the Philistines, they filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. This was his livelihood. This is the source of not just life, but the source of income for his family. And so the enemy went to all of these wells that he had dug and filled them with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants and also by the father, his father, Abraham. Finally, Abimelech, whose king, ordered that Isaac leave the country. And this is what he says, go somewhere else because you've become too powerful for us. So Isaac did as instructed. He takes his family, he packs up some tents, and he moves to the valley. The valley. In the valley, he sets up tents and he settles down there. And watch what he does. Even in the pandemic, now removed to the valley, he reopened the wells that his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names that Abraham, his dad, had given them. And Isaac's servants also dug new wells in the Gerar Valley, and they discovered a well of, everybody say, fresh water, fresh water. But then, verse 20, 
the shepherds from Gerar came and they said, hey, this is our water. And they argued over it, over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Essek, which means argument. So Isaac's men, what did they do? They dug another well. But again, there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. You can't tell me that last year, 2020, and already the first month and a half of 2021 has not been filled with great arguing and hostility. Jesus. So abandoning, verse 22, the last verse, abandoning that when Isaac moved, and what did he do? Dug another well. And this time, there was no dispute over it. And here's the word that the Lord dropped into my heart. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, and I know it's not highlighted in yellow, but I'd love to read what is spoken because I believe this again is a prophetic word for your life and mine. You ready? One, two, three. At last, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. So our word for the year is a family. And I believe the word for this year as a church is the year of Rehoboth. It's a year of open space. I want you to know this about my theology and my conviction. I, I am not a prosperity gospel kind of guy. I'm not a name it and claim it, blab it and grab it type of preacher or Christian. I, I believe that there is authority that God has given us. And when we speak, our faith can move mountains. Come on, anybody with me? But, but I don't, I don't my, my personal relationship with God is not about I give so that I can get something. If God... If God's going to give me anything, he could have gave me death, but he gave me grace. He gave me mercy. So if I never get anything else, I've already gotten enough. Come on, can I get an amen right there? But I do believe that this year, and I'm telling you this, I want you to lean in. Come on, husbands, wives, children, business owners, pastors, that this is a year of prosperity. Last year, there was great challenge and pain and even death. But this year, God has created enough space for us to prosper in the land. This is going to be your greatest year yet. Now, let's talk about that for a moment because that is a bold statement. That is a, man, you, you put it out there. I don't want to end up on YouTube as one of those prophecy guys that missed it. I'm just telling you what I feel in my heart, that on your road to Rehoboth, on your road to open space and favor and prosperity, there is going to be some things that you run into. Three things that I see. Number one is this. Not everybody's going to love your, your, or celebrate your success. On your road to Rehoboth, not everybody's going to love your favor. Not everybody's going to love your blessing. Not everybody's going to love what you walk in, your anointing and your calling and your giftedness. Not everybody's going to celebrate that. As a matter of fact, on your road to Rehoboth in 2021, there will be haters. There will be jealous people. There will be people that every time you dig a well, they try to fill it up. Or every time you find fresh water, they'll claim it as their own. This is very liberating for JC, by the way. So I'm just going to take a moment and just say, for those of you that are critics of my ministry or the ministry of Go Church, I'm not upset with you. I love you. But you just keep talking, I'll just keep digging. Come on, somebody. The more you talk, the more I'll dig. I'm not going to focus my life on the people that push criticism or hatred or whatever towards you or towards me. I live my life for an audience of one. His name is Jesus. God did not create me to try to appease or please man. He created me so that I could worship him. Why do we get our eyes fixed on the criticism of all of the naysayers and the critics? My eyes are fixed on Jesus. And I walk in blessing. My God, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And God's favor and his grace and his anointing is on my life and on your life. Life, but there will be people that they don't like it. Listen to me. Let me give you some advice. Let them talk. The Bible says this, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Some of you, you stay up all night so worried about the people that have criticized you or called you out. God, what is up with social media nowadays? Don't worry about all that. Don't stress in all of that. You keep your eyes fixed on the road to Rehoboth. 
and may God's favor be upon you. Come on. May God's blessing be upon you. And may you find new wells of fresh water. This is a year of great favor for you. Here's the other thing that I learned is this. And no, no matter what kind of challenges you face on this road to Rehoboth, don't give up. Don't quit. Nothing in life worth pursuing will ever be easy. As a matter of fact, the greatest stories of success that I've ever heard are actually about stories of great challenge and overcoming adversity. The greater the challenge, the greater the victory. 2021 is not going to be easy. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble, but you can take heart because I have overcome the world. So listen to me. No matter the challenges that you face, don't throw in the proverbial towel. The enemy would love for you to quit. The enemy would love for you. Let me give you an illustration, an analogy to stop digging. What if you're a one dig away from that spring of fresh water? What does that mean? What if you're one prayer away from the miracle that you've been praying for? What if you're one fast away from the miracle that you've been praying? What if you're one day away from waking up and now the challenge of that issue or situation or whatever God has restored or reconciled or there is freedom. Don't, don't give up. That's what the enemy wants you to do. I can't tell you, and I'll be careful here, but how many people of faith walked away in 2020? They quit. They threw in the towel. They walked away from a church or they walked away from God. And this isn't a, a criticism towards those individuals, but this is my thinking. Where am I going to go? Who am I going to turn to? My hope is in the Lord. I'm not going to give it all up because of some adversity. I know this. The greater the fight, the greater the freedom. Right? The greater the battle, the greater the calling. The anointing that is on my life, the anointing that is on your life, that anointing doesn't just come from Bible reading and daily devotions. It comes from living a life of challenge but you persevere. Your hands are blistered because you just keep digging. And every time the enemy steals one of your wells, you just dig another well. You refuse to stop. You refuse to give up. You keep putting one foot in front of the other. You say, you know what? Yesterday wasn't a great day, but this is the day that the Lord has made. Can I get a hundred people that would help me preach? Come on. Watch this. Here's another one. What you have plus God it's always more than enough. Context, it's a famine. A famine in the land. And you know what Isaac had? He had a shovel and he had faith. What if in 2021, you and I stopped focusing on all of the things we don't have, on all of the losses of last year? Listen to me, to the business entrepreneur that you closed your doors in 2020. There's great pain with that. There's great hurt with that. But whatever you have now, plus God, it's more than enough. Listen to me. You did it one time. You built the business one time. Dig the well again. Don't give up. I think about the challenges of our church and churches across the world. Listen to me. This isn't my church anyway. But if God used us to build the church, then what do we have now? To just keep digging. Because when God gets in the middle, it's more than enough. If God built the church once, He'll build the church again. Does that make sense? What you have plus God is always more than enough. We're so focused on what we don't have that we miss out on the blessing of what we do have. Listen to me, church. God's given you a shovel, so dig. Dig. And that's my heart. I think it's time that as a church, we redig some old wells. And I'm confident that we're digging new wells. Additionally, there are some wells that a previous generation of spirit-filled, spirit-led Christians dug years ago, and now culture has made those traditions seem like dirty words. We need to bring back some of those traditions. But we also have to embrace innovation and creativity and change because the whole world is shifting and adapting. So there is a responsibility to go back and redig some of the wells that the enemy has filled up, but also be creative to dig new wells and see where God is springing up fresh water. I'm going to give you four or five of these. I think one area is finances. Finances, I, three thoughts. Number one, high integrity at Go Church. 
It's always been that way. It will always be that way. I want you to trust the leadership with the resources of this house. Number two is stewardship. In 2020, listen to me. In 2020, we reduced our expenses by $500,000. And we paid an additional $200,000 towards our debt reduction. Okay? Stewardship. And then generosity. In 2020, let me go back. 2019 was the highest year ever in financial giving to this ministry. In 2020, we missed it by $4,000 of it being the highest year again. Okay? Even in a pandemic. You gave the highest legacy offering total that we've ever even seen, even in a pandemic. High integrity, stewardship, and generosity. I think we redig some wells some old wells around key ministries. This is my heart, so I want you to hear my heart. If you call this church your home church, you need to know, we are going to do a much better job moving forward with our pastoral care. Now, in order to do that effectively, you can't assume we know that there's a need or a prayer request. But when that need or that prayer request is brought to us, we are going to care for those families that are hurting and grieving and mourning and struggling. Now we gotta be creative, we gotta dig new wells because we can't make hospital visits like we used to. But we are going to care for the flock because that is important. What about the next generation? Youth, kids, young adults. We gotta make sure that it is best in class that those adolescents, we're not just, ba I refuse to babysit them, but we're giving them Jesus. Can you give me an amen? Come on, what about college and career? Investing into young adults, that's something that the Lord is gonna birth here. And both of our campuses, an opportunity to have a young adult ministry that is meeting that college and career age right at their level of need. How, how about this, especially at our South Metro Atlanta campus, our senior adult ministry, we call it Thrive. That's for those of you that are 55 years of age and more mature. Come on, somebody. So I've recently asked my father-in-law and mother-in-law if they'll take over the Thrive Ministry so that we can make sure that our seniors, as we're digging new wells, they don't feel like we're leaving them behind. That's not the heart of this house. So I thought, well, who's old and mature? And then Alan Matura's face came right in <laughs> to my perspective. Key ministries. At both campuses, we're working on all of this discipleship. I wanna help you grow in your walk with Christ. It's not just about you coming on a Sunday. Are you growing? Have you discovered your gifts? Are you developing your gifts? Are you deploying your gifts? How about this? Watch this, counseling. Hear me, every one of us need counseling. Too many marriages are falling apart. Too many people are burdened with grief and pain. Too many individuals are are just in a stronghold of bondage to addiction. So a new well that we're digging is this heart behind a best-in-class, Christ-centered Christian counseling. So at the beginning of this year, we broke ground on that east side of our building. Watch this. If you look at the east entrance, this entire area right here at our South Metro Atlanta campus is now being renovated to a best-in-class, Christ-centered counseling center for you and your family. Can you thank God for that? Come on. This is where the entrance of this entire facility will happen on the east side. And, and then I want you to see this picture because it's sentimental. When I was the youth pastor here, this was our youth room. Hundreds of kids saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, many called into ministry. But as the building grew and the church grew, we built a new youth center. So you know what we did to this once well of fresh water? We put dirt in it. We turned it into storage. That's not a problem, we needed storage space. You know that. Some of you are hoarders. You know about storage needs, come on now. But guess what we're doing? We're redigging an old well. And once where there was fresh water, now there is new living water again, come on. And then this is the final one and then we'll be done. But I am committed to the doctrinal commitments of our church and our faith. Listen to me, everybody look at me. I will preach the Bible in its entirety. I will preach the truth. I will pastor Go Church to be a kingdom culture church. I'm not a hellfire brimstone guy. That's not my style. It's not my swag. But the wages of sin is death, and people need to know that because it is only the truth of God 
that can set people free. Listen to me. I'm not intimidated by political correctness, and I refuse to bow down to the cancel culture. They are here. They're not coming. They're here. But if none go with me, still I will follow. Go, church, from this platform and this pulpit. We will preach the truth. Come on. That we are a spirit-filled, spirit-led. Come on. Bible teaching, Bible preaching. These are the wells that we dig. We are living in the last days. So this is the time and this is the hour. The closing question is this. What about for you? Make this personal. What are some old wells that you need to dig? What are some new wells that you need to start digging? As you're taking 30 seconds here to consider that, I want to lead you in communion. I feel like on Vision Sunday, it's the best way to do that. All of you were given elements, but before you participate, I want to challenge you here to know that you got 30 seconds to align your heart with the Lord before you take this next step. I would highly encourage you, if you're watching online or you're in this room, that if you aren't right with God today, maybe, listen to me, maybe you need to dig a new well of faith and experience this overflow of living water. Or maybe, maybe, life and struggle and pain has filled up that old well of faith. What if you redig it in this new year? And you say, in 2021, I'm going deeper than I ever have before. That's the point of this. What are some old wells that you need to redig and some new wells that you need to start digging? Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment here. If you're watching online, come on, grab something from your kitchen. Germantown family, communion as well. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, church, stand with me. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he broke bread. Maybe snap that wafer between your fingers. And as we make this commitment to the closing of one year and the approach of a new year, God, we thank you for your broken body that was shed on the cross at Calvary. So this is my body that was broken for you. Every time you eat of this, every time you eat of this, you remember me. So when you're ready, would you take and eat in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Here's one about doctrinal commitments will always preach the blood. The blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross at Calvary. Listen to me, it's the blood of Jesus that washes us as white as snow, clean as snow. I love that. He said, and every time you drink of this, you're remembering my blood that was sacrificed on that cross. So take and drink in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're going to come and collect that cup. Once you're free at either campus, come on, let's just lift our hands. Take 30 seconds here and worship the Lord. And then your campus pastor will close out with some social distance instructions and all of that. Come on, let's lift our hands and thank Jesus for his grace. Thank you, Jesus.